0: Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. perfect song for a gray kind of autumnal day. Just kind of leans into the spirit of the day. Anybody feeling that sort of relaxed autumn vibe? Yeah. So uh, where's the apple pie? That's, That's kind of what I'm thinking about at this point. Actually, I'm not thinking about apple pie. I'm thinking about love. This is week five of our six week series, Unity Awakening, in which we are exploring the spiritual concepts found in the book, um, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And we've covered a variety of topics so far. We've looked at how to have creative living beyond fear. We are called upon to integrate the idea of courage and enchantment and permission and persistence. So today we are looking at this idea of trust and significantly trusting in the power of love. But before I do, I wanna ask a question before we go any further. How many of you would consider yourselves to be stubborn? Any, Any stubborn people? How many of you know somebody who you would call stubborn? All right, I just want to kind of get a level playing field because more often than not, the word stubborn is used in a negative connotation, right? You're so just darn stubborn, you just won't move, you won't bend from your position, that sort of thing. And we often look at that as a negative. But one of the great things about spirituality and about what we teach in unity, there's multiple sides to every coin, not just two, sometimes more than that. So in the material for this week, Elizabeth Gilbert puts forward this notion of stubborn gladness. And I just want to read to you a short paragraph. She says, all I can tell you for certain is that my entire life has been shaped by an early decision not to accept the cult of artistic martyrdom and instead place my trust in the notion that my work loves me as much as I love it, and that it wants to play with me as much as I want to play with it, and that this source of love and play is boundless. My ultimate choice then is always to approach my work from a place of stubborn gladness. I read that and I underlined it and I drew circles around it and I thought, yes, yes, stubborn gladness. Because sometimes you have to be really stubborn because the facts of life will possibly divert your attention away from gladness. Perhaps I shouldn't project so shamelessly, but sometimes things happen in life, right? Right? And that's what I want to talk about. And that's why I want to what I talk about how this notion of stubborn gladness relates to what we teach in unity. So our first unity principle, as you were familiar, is that the nature of God is altogether good. There is no opposing force. We may have experiences that uh, would seem to indicate that those are temporary. What's permanent underlying is the inherent goodness of the universe. And that same goodness is the truth about each and every one of us. I mean, so that's what we teach. You may have heard something else from another community or an organization. That's fine. Everybody has their story. Our story is predicated on the inherent goodness of each and every one of us. And that through our third principle, thoughts and feelings, we have the right and the responsibility to assign meaning and value to our lives and the things that happen to us. And this is where it gets juicy, because it lets us know how powerful we are to shape our world. And you might think that's the outside world, and there's, that is true to an extent. There are many things we can do to influence the outside world. There's a whole lot more we can do to influence the world between our ears and in our hearts. This is why we emphasize so much in unity and new thought the importance of self-awareness and understanding what are we thinking, why are we thinking it, what are we feeling, why are we feeling it, and to realize that we are empowered and have the capability through the spiritual tools that we have and psychological tools as well to really get clear about where does a thought come from, where does a feeling come from. And we can then decide, do we want to continue to perpetuate the effects of those experiences in our lives? Or do we want to do something different? I saw a video uh, yesterday, and there was a reference to a term used by Eric Butterworth, one of the leading unity ministers in our movement he has since passed, and he mentioned the therapeutic component of a spiritual life. And that's so much about what we are about in unity is to, to give people the tools, the spiritual tools that will allow us to connect with God as we understand God to be so that we can live creative lives free from fear. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to have everything go our way all the time, but it simply means we will have the capacity to deal with the things that don't go our way, and to savor the ones that do, and at all points work for the common good, so that we truly are co-creating a world that works for everyone. It's not always easy to maintain stubborn gladness, is it? Especially if you have one of these, or if you have one of these or if you have a laptop, or if you have a newspaper. Y'all remember a newspaper? We get a paper one because we like to do the crossword. That's the, there you go, that's the reason. LA Times crossword in the Washington Post. See, it's bicoastal. So I wanna talk about two terms that uh, you may be familiar with that speak to this commitment to stubborn gladness. The first one comes out of positive psychology. And it's what we call learned optimism. There is a, uh, Dr. Martin Seligman who has put forward this concept that says that through understanding basically what we teach in unity, our thoughts and our feelings, we can learn to focus on the positives. We can learn to change our reactions into responses. That we can ask ourselves, as we say in unity all the time, how can what is before me be for me? that we can spirit develop the spiritual idea of leveraging the facts for the greater good, that we always are empowered because, as she talks about in Big Magic and as we talk about in Unity all the time, there are divine ideas circulating all around us that we can leverage to turn into blessings and, and peacefulness and health and wholeness and joy. It is going around all the time. These ideas want us to say, yes, I will play with you in a boundless sphere and make something really wonderful happen. Again, not denying the fact that there are days when we don't feel like playing. That's it's when I stay in my room and ruminate. Well, great, we honor our humanity. If we don't honor our humanity, if we try to sublimate, it'll pop up somewhere else and it will not be very pretty. So we want to be honest with what's happening. But we can always learn to focus our attention on where we want it to go. And if this is a struggle, sometimes we don't beat ourselves up. As the desiderata, this wonderful poem we shared during meditation says, be gentle with yourselves. As they say in some circles, and some of you are familiar with this phrase, our program is about progress, not perfection. Because the truth is, we are already perfect. We're just coming to realize that and give it expression. Much like a sculptor will just sculpt away the parts that aren't really part of the sculpture. He doesn't get mad at the block of stone because it has parts that don't belong. He just releases them and let them go. We call that the spiritual practice of release or denial. We acknowledge what it is and say, no, thank you. It's like the example we talked about in the book already where she says, fear is something you're gonna live with. But if you're going on a road trip, put it in the back seat, tell it to shut up, and it doesn't get to decide what radio station you're going to listen to. But it's there. Or whatever is there for you, whether it's illness or disease or discomfort or whatever. We live with these things. They're like a number of chronic conditions we all live with. They're not just physical. Some of them are emotional or spiritual. We acknowledge them put them in the backseat, tell them to shut up and know that they're there. And it's okay that they're there. You get some of this stuff when you incarnate in human form. And it appears all of you have. I could be misreading the room. There could be an alien among you. I don't know. It could happen. Learned optimism. Look for the good. Honor your life story. We were talking on the Metaphysical Group this morning about taking a moment to look at our lives and look at the major events that have happened, the challenges and the successes, and and acknowledge the level of creativity it took to get through it or to get through it. (laughs) We are all creative and we've gotten through it and made our goals happen because we were curious about what was possible. Or about where is this going? That we were courageous because we've all had to do things that we knew for a fact there was just no way in tarnation we could possibly do. And we've all done them. Pat yourselves on the back. Everybody reach over, pat yourselves on the back. We've had to be persistent, we've had to be open and receptive to divine ideas about what's possible. And we've had to trust, and part of growing trust means to break free from the opposite of learned optimism, which is learned helplessness. Now, depending on your family of origin or your where you came from, you may have seen modeled learned helplessness, and it shows up in a variety of different ways. It shows up as none of us have ever done anything like that and you won't either. Or don't strive beyond your means. Or who are you to think you could achieve whatever? You kind of know the energy I'm talking about. But now it's showing up in a much more pervasive and insidious and I would say pernicious way in our world. And it comes back to this and it's a term I've mentioned often and I, and I wanted to address it again today. It's infobesity. You know what I'm talking about? 24-hour news, fake news, opinions, whatever it happens to be. The world is very connected. We are bombarded all the time with all the awful from all around the world instantaneously. And how many of you have ever felt, maybe, just maybe, this is too much? This is overwhelming. This is a tsunami of facts. And I'm afraid I'm gonna drown. I was up at 4.45 this morning in prayer about that very thing. And I remember, and I had to just stop. And I said, Russell, stop it. Stop it. You know the truth. The truth is that the presence and power of good is bigger than all that. The truth is, you are filling your mind repeatedly with the same three stories over and 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 over, and ruminating on that. and forgetting the virtue and the kindness and the dignity of the average person, the vast majority of people. And the fact that each one of us, through the power of our thoughts and our words and our actions, can turn the tide. We are turning the tide. We have a couple of community service announcements we'll make today about exactly how that looks like. But all that infobesity can lead us inadvertently to this experience of learned helplessness. If I just buy one more subscription to one more online service, I'll even be more helpless because there's an emotional reaction that happens in the brain, gets a hit. I'm not criticizing the news media. What I am doing is reminding us to ask ourselves how much is enough? How many facts or opinions do I need for my day or to help me decide how I will vote? or to help me shape the meaning I want to have in the world, or will help me to deepen in relationship with others, or will help me to maintain stubborn gladness. Our scriptures are full of reminders that wherever we are, God is. Wherever we are, good is. Now, The world has always had problems, sadly. The world has always had war, sadly. But the world has also always had solutions. And the world has also always had peace. Those things may not make the front page of the newspaper. Because when people get healed, they don't bleed. When kindness is shared, nobody gets shot. And there are so many hundreds of millions of people working for the good. It saddens me that that's not front page news. In my world, it would be. So if I'm to maintain my stubborn gladness, Then I have to monitor what is coming in. I have to go into discernment and use my spiritual tools to ask the Lord of my being, the truth within, what is mine to do in this situation and what is not mine to do, and then stop. I don't have to keep reminding myself and repeating 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 all the awful, awful, awful but sometimes I do. It is so easy and very seductive and it slips in. So in order to maintain stubborn gladness, I invite you and me this week, today, every day, to ask yourselves, how can I be the light in the world? It doesn't have to be a bright light. You know the old saying, just one candle will light a million others. What do I need to do to care for myself? Because the truth is, if you love life, and I'm thinking we all do most days, life loves us back. Life loves us back, each and every one of us. So if we're going to be co-creators of a world that works for everyone, or heck, a co-creator of a world that works for me and a world that works for you, then we have to be open and receptive to the loving ideas and thoughts that we can implement in our world. It may not seem easy at first because it's kind of like a diet. It is not easy at first. Or physical therapy, right, Carol? Got two new knees going on. Come to church today. Amen not easy. It is worth it. And as they say in some circles, it's worth it and you're worth it. So work it and have fun doing it. You know, she talked about this idea of boundless play. The other part of your homework this week is to ask yourselves, and what do I do to play? Dance. Dance. All right, Farrah, we're going to go dancing with Farrah. Play, do your play as if it was part of your most important assignment. What's mine to do to set my light on fire? Where do I play and who can I invite to play with me? The world will lighten up and in so doing, we will all experience a little bit of enlightenment. And that's what we're about. Peace be with you. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.